Hi guys, this is Stella Bella, editor of Sold Magazine, and welcome to another episode of In the Spray Room, Sold's podcast with some of the best and brightest artists on the streets today. We are bringing out the lighter side of these creatives by talking to them in a less structured environment. Today's Sold crew consists of myself, Bike Girl. Hello. And Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Hello, everybody. For our daily online content, check us out at soldmagny.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at soldmag. And before we introduce our special guest today, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well, we got two nice things to talk about today coming up. Uh, the first is going to be the next show at Butcher Bar. We're pushing it back a week after our normal Free Art Friday uh, first of the month. It's going to be May 11th, Friday night. And it is going to be a show consisting of street art photography. Uh, a lot of our sold contributors are featured, but are not. It's not going to be limited to sold contributors. And there are a couple of collabs involved. There are print runs involved. It is going to be a lot of fun. And internally, there's a lot of hype about this show already. What do you think about that, ladies? Oh, I think it's pretty cool. Pretty excited. Do you want to give away who you're collabing with, Bite? Well, I have a piece that um, I worked on for a while. Well, he's been working on for a while, and I can't wait to see it with Jeff Enriquez. So pretty excited about that one. I saw it, and it is amazing. How about you, Stella? Anything? My lips are sealed. What do you mean? My lips are sealed. You don't want to say who you're collabing with? No. Not even a hint. It's a secret. Give me a first letter, letter of the no name. No way. Something. That'll definitely give it away. Where are oh, they from? that just gave it away, then, if it's <laughs> depending on the first letter. <laughs> so we're very excited about that show, and uh, we're looking forward to another good one. Thank you to Butcher Bar. Thank you to Connor. Thank you to Matt over there, everybody that's taking care of us. We're having a great time at that run. And the next thing that we are looking forward to is Moniker Art Fair, coming up May 3rd through the 6th. And, Stella, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the best way to hear about moniker art fair is to hear from the horse's mouth and we had a in the spray room episode with tina ziegler the director and founder of moniker art fair uh so i would go to the podcast page on the sold mag website and listen to that episode because she really breaks it down and her and bike girl have a great conversation about the origin of the name and all the excitement of bringing this fair that's been in London for so many years to Brooklyn for the first time. We're all excited about it. We're going to be there uh, podcasting in another type of way, not at our dining room table. Um, Juxtapose is the uh, big sponsor of the event, and everybody's going to be there. I'm looking forward to getting some interviews and grabbing some people and dragging them into our uh, booth to do some interviews and seeing who's there. It should be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to playing in the interactive art. Mm. Are you going to wear a costume? Um, I don't know. It depends on what I would be able to throw together. Just mm. a reminder, Tina, when she was on In the Spray Room, told anyone that was dressed up as art from one of the artists involved, or at least something very good art-inspired, that they can get in the show for free, which was very nice. And we encourage people to do that. You know, let your freak flags fly, New York. Let's, uh, let's see what art you can dress up as. Should be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our guest of the day, Solus. How are you, brother? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for coming in today. You're welcome. welcome. I was shocked to hear that you are habitating in our neighborhood. 
Yeah, just because of six minute walk. Really. <laughs> How do you like it so far around here? Quiet, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's um, it has everything and it's quiet as well. So. Now you are now semi permanent here in New York, right? Yes. How come? Why New York? What 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 made you uh, really want to invest here? Um, I think I needed a change, and uh, just it's it's very different here. I always find it quite inspiring to visit somewhere new, and uh, New York is one of those places that really inspires me, and also Paris. Um, I just see a lot of stuff that I haven't seen, like uh, art-wise, and uh, there's a lot more going on. Um, there's a lot more shows to go and see, a lot more things to do, and just find it really inspiring place. See, I think one of the one of the real draws for New York, just in life, mm. is obviously the commerce, the business, the you mm. know the uh, the enterprise that are here. People that come here for their work that have nothing to do with art. And then they're here for their art as well. Mm. So I think it's interesting for you to come here art first and for the art mm. and, you know, tread those those same paths as so many artists came before you and will come after us. Mm. You know, I, I tell people all the time, there's 10 artists get off the plane every day in New York mm. waiting to make it big. Mm. And that most of them are living in Brooklyn. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So I know, though, you have a connection to New York because y- your brother lives here, right? Yeah. How many years have you actually been coming? Um, well, I first started coming when I was 18. But uh, I first started painting here, about I think it was about five years ago. Uh, I came when I was 18, uh, 18 or 19, and um, I stayed for six months or something. And uh, then I went through long periods of not coming back. And then about five years ago, I started to come for the summer. And I've been coming back for the summer ever since. So you have, uh, you've worked with a couple of our partners, you know, Wayne over at the Lisa Project for a mural and and some things like that. What do you, obviously it's easier to have a wall presented for you mm. but do you feel like you miss some of the you know the, the sales the customer service of it you know not finding and, and hunting for your own walls anymore um you mean doing it like I- illegally or no 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 just, just uh you know when was it, uh, uh, let me ask the question a different way mm. do you get more walls presented or do you hustle for more walls that you get today uh probably more presented because I know a lot of people here so um, <coughs> usually I have a f- I can get a few uh, lined up how would you say that's different than <coughs> in Europe versus New York getting walls here in the city is as opposed to people asking you hey participate in this project or um, there seems to be more like uh, New York like the Lisa project and the Bushwick Collective and a few other places that are kind of they set up the murals for you and stuff I don't really know of many places that do that in Europe usually if I wanted a wall like in Europe somewhere I'd like talk to an artist friend that I know there and they would know one or something they're one off they're not yeah so there's not really like that the curation or the curation yeah yes so you are coming off uh, your first solo show in New York last week Yep. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, Bite was there and said that she saw a lot of red dots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And a, a blue one or two also. 
the ones that are on hold for potential sale. Mm. So it was, it was nice to see. Yeah. See, I didn't even know there was a blue dot. I didn't either. I yeah, asked. I had to ask Crash what it meant. He yeah. said most people cut the red dot in half, but they just like blue at his gallery. Because I said I have to ask you a stupid question. What does a blue dot mean? Yeah. That must be a Bronx thing. <laughs> I asked as well. Bronx blue. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. I wasn't the only one that didn't know that. So <laughs> I, I'm the least art educated at the table, and I freely admit it. So I don't mind saying I don't know something. But when I don't know something that nobody knows, I feel good. Well, yeah. now we know what blue yeah. dots mean. Yes, that's very cool. But it, it still doesn't make sense because it means reserved. Yeah, yeah. It reserved, like there should be. There should be maybe maybe there's a deposit on it or something. But then it still should be red, shouldn't it? You would think. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> red <laughs> might mean paid in full. The mystery blue of the gallery. Mm. Blue is up for bids. How's that? Not no, really. I don't sold. think the reds are usually paid in full. Like a lot of the time, people will leave a deposit and then pay the remainder when collecting. Or yeah, I guess. Well, and some galleries are known to do almost a layaway. But I think the blue means someone is interested if it doesn't sell or something. So sure. po positive experience overall for the for the for your show. Yeah, really positive. Um, I've been working on it for. Ten weeks in Dublin in my studio. Wow! So, um, <coughs> full time working on it and and turning away other stuff that came up just because I wanted to fully focus on it. So I was quite nervous. Now you used new images as well as old images. I noticed that you had the the the, uh, the piece that you did the crash collab with for yeah. Joey Ramone in there. Yeah, um, that was the only old uh, painting out of. We did that about I don't know. 18 months ago in his studio and it was going to be for some other project but it never went ahead so we had it there no and it's sold yeah now bite i'm always jealous of europeans because i'm a tremendous rock and roll fan and they had it first they had all the best rock first and uh we are jealous and I really wish I could have seen. I mean, well, Ramones yes, but then you have to go back and think that their rock, they wouldn't have their rock if it hadn't been for people in places like New Orleans, because uh, the Beatles and all the other bands that I like wouldn't even have gotten their style if it hadn't been for. Yes, the music yes, yes. John first. Lennon said that Chuck Berry was the god of rock and roll and go. all that fun stuff. I get it, but <laughs> the Ramones didn't blow up until they went to Europe. Well, that's because true. Because they that's were, true. They, they, were, were play, they were playing for small, sweaty groups when they were at CBs. And then when the, when we're talking, you know, mid to late seventies, uh, when punk inspired everything broke out, and then every favorite band I have, their favorite band is a punk band. Mm. So who who were you, some of your favorites growing up? Obviously, you know, you're punk inspired somewhere. Yeah, the Ramones, the Clash were two of my uh, big favorites, but particularly the Ramones. I just really liked them everything about them um they never really like hit it like big time but they were always there uh touring and playing and i just really liked their story and everything about them and their their lyrics i really connected to them were yeah. you uh were you an angsty teen would you were you finding your your, your way through the world and yeah i found it difficult <laughs> went through some difficult times yeah but when did the boxing <coughs> come into your um so yeah pe I, the boxing is um it's kind of it's it's about it's not literally about boxing okay. so it's about life and uh putting up a fight and not being uh not surrendering or 
so overcoming obstacles and not being beaten down that was my idea behind it and people sometimes think it's about boxing right it's <laughs> like yeah well uh, the boxing ring is a, a it's a metaphor a for metaphor many for things yes mm. and, and oh yes yeah. mm. um i have a ballet dance background so Speaking boxing has always been a parallel mm. um, um sport in that way the yeah. dance between two boxers and mm. and just the i mean the storytelling in boxing is never ending yeah. um but so it's not a literal reference you never boxed uh, i did you did. I did when i was younger yeah was yeah. it a way to get the angsty teen out of you um i don't i think it was just something that there was a local boxing club and i used to just go and i uh, really enjoyed the training aspect of it and uh, it must have stuck at me in some way because um, I used it, reference it. And Come on, Erica, didn't you see Billy Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> yes, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's, talk, let's talk about the boxing gloves for a second and yeah. the fight and, and what it represents to you. You, but you don't just throw it out there and let people figure it out. You throw that out there in very interesting ways. I love the one you did for JMZ a couple of years back with the little kid with the boxing gloves looking up. Mm. At at the speed bag, like he can't yeah. even reach it. He's he's not even. Lisa Project. I was going to say. Project. Lisa, I'm sorry. Forgive oh, me. Yeah. <coughs> Thank you, ladies. Uh, they're the brains at the table, brother. It's not me. I say <laughs> it every week, uh, for sure. But I I love that piece because y- you look at it and how could anyone not put themselves in that in that place and yeah. feel powerless at some point in their life, mm. whether you threw yourself in that place or it got done did to you. Everybody stands there and says, "Oh my God, what am I going to do now?" At some point, mm. I, I, that's I, that, that's what that said to me, day by day. And also the one I think it was in Bushwick. It might have been Bushwick Collective. I'm not sure. Uh, with the kid with the black eye and the halo, almost like making him like a um, religious mm, yeah. kind of. Yeah. It, it, that was kind of like a when you get a black eye, you know, you still are fighting to to be your best. Or, I mean, yeah. is that kind of the... Yeah, to it's make not going like down a without a fight. It's kind of the general team. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, I know exactly what the team is in my head, but when someone asks me, I like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what... <laughs> yeah, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> because there's so many... It, you, see it so many in, yeah. you see it in images, not in words. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, that's, I mean, you have an artist's brain, so of course you have the whole idea of what it is because you're seeing the pictures. Yeah. See, I like to, I, I don't expect that you know what I work on, but I, I like to say old New York is dead because I'm a New Yorker and it's mm. not the way it used to be when I was a kid and it's not supposed to be. Things change. But then I end with hustle hard today. You got to work for everything. Yeah, right. So I, I think you're, you're more like me. You're more of the, the chasing the dream type of guy. No matter yeah. what you have, you're still you know, looking for that next fight, literal, uh, literal fight. Yeah. You know, either it's against your work or your method or your process or any of mm. that fun stuff. No. Mm. Yeah. Like people always ask me what is my favorite piece? And I say, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> boy. So it's like it pushes you to do the next piece. The Marines. I, I used to read a lot of books about the Marines for business. Uh, yeah. And one of my favorite quotes was that they throw out every day is the only easy day was yesterday. Mm. You're going to bust your ass today. We're going to make sure you bust your ass today. You survived yesterday. You're lucky. <laughs> so I like that. I, Fight Girl uh, brought up that it, it's all in images, but you did have one piece I wanted <coughs> to ask you about, about that. I mean, it's just such a – it was the life preserver, and I said street art saved my life. Yeah. Or save, I think, that my mm. life. Or mm. 
that could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. What did it mean to you? Um, <coughs> I know it's kind of a deep meaning, <laughs> but I was going through it. We have time. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was going through a difficult time in my life, and uh, I remember just fully focusing in the studio and getting just spending all my time making artwork and doing street art and uh, it allowed me to not think about negative things if that makes sense oh absolutely how, yeah. absolutely how more so the public street art and and getting that response from people was as opposed to working in your studio on a canvas uh well it, it didn't I'm, i mean just to to, f to have art something versus art or are you just saying art saved my life uh yeah it could be okay. art or, but for in my it was street art because that's what i was doing but it was just something that i um really enjoyed doing and it took my mind away from stuff that wasn't i didn't enjoy so much <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to be mm. right now uh we see you're tattooed, and I know you use some tattoo imagery in in your work, anchors mm. and and stuff like that. Where does that come from for you? Where's where's the draw to that? Uh, it I think one of my friends does my work, and I sometimes hang out in his uh, shop, and maybe that inspires me. <laughs> oh, I could see where it would. Yeah. I mean, some of the best artists working in the world today are tattoo artists. Mm. Uh, so a lot of the stuff is like. Traditional Americana. American traditional Sailor yeah. Jerry, yep. Yeah. For sure. What I like, yeah. yeah, I like it too. It's uh, I, I like the, the this the uh, wasn't just the anchor, it was another one I, I saw that was in the piece. But uh, we're 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 skimming through Solace's Instagram page <laughs> and, and I just came across the piece of the kid looking up at the speed bag mm -hmm. and I just love it. That's that's every day. Oh, he had a beauty of one of those at the show with a gold background. Um, I think that one's still available, isn't it? No, it's sold. Did it sell? Oh, yeah. congratulations. Sold, uh, <coughs> last week before the show opened. Wow. Um, Car City could have sold it like three, oh, three or four yeah. times. That would have been a good one to do a print run of. It was beautiful. Uh, well, I wanted to ask about, uh, so Macer is one of your biggest influencers. Will St. Ledger, am I pronouncing that? Uh, your big influences, you say, like they're Irish artists that you uh, would say you've been heavily influenced by. I also wanted to ask you about TDA Clan, the, the premier graffiti crew in Ireland. I think I mentioned that in an interview a few years ago, did I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, when I was first influenced um, by like those guys in Dublin who were doing it uh, a lot at the time, um, maybe going back 10, 15 years, and uh, also uh, a lot of stuff I've seen from the UK, like Deface and then Shepherd Ferry, Banksy. Um, I've seen a lot of that stuff, and I was just really excited by it. Um, there wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't that, that many people doing it as there, like not nearly as much as there is today. But those, I just remember being inspired by what they were doing. So, what kind of art it was around Dublin that inspired you? Um, around Dublin, but also I seen stuff from the UK and the US. Yeah, yeah. I remember like seeing uh, Obey stuff, um, and then a lot of the stuff that was in Dublin. So, what is the scene like in Dublin? Has it grown it, it in Dublin as it is around the rest of the world, or is it still kind of the yeah. same? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think like everybody in Dublin is a street artist. <laughs> 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 no, there's a lot of people doing it. Yeah. So, what? What? Uh, t- tell us about the the. <coughs> the inspiration between this uh, for this piece that I have up on the screen. And for those of you who can't see it, it is a picture of an adorable little girl. And it says, when I grow up, I'm going to be mental. It's my favorite. I do Absolutely. not. I'm just going I out on a limb it. and I'm saying there was an inspiration for this. Yeah, it was, um, I guess it, like it's a humorous piece, but it was supposed to be about women and that they're all mental. Okay. <laughs> so, so no one specific. This is just a pure generalization, uh, I really. F- I first made that piece, I think, in 2010, and it's, yeah, it's, I don't know exactly, but that's what I remember thinking when I was doing it. It spoke to me. So, how long <laughs> have you been doing this? Um, I I first started doing like uh, wee paste and stencils and stuff uh, around 10 years ago. Any formal art training? No. 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 So com- coming off your first New York show, what and of, of course you've had uh, uh, successful European shows, but w- what was the difference? What was something that struck you either about American uh, uh, galleries or New York specifically? Anything that you said, oh, that was different than the last time? Um, it's It's always different for me to do a show that's not in Dublin because um, – I would say that I'm most well known in Dublin and there'd be more people. I know that I wouldn't be as worried about if there was people going out of town, but this time I was like, hope someone shows up. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because I don't know, you know. You had and a good crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just had those worries. So just doubts, not really anything, you know, anything material differences, just you were you were concerned because your, your, your homies weren't in the house. Yeah. Uh, a little bit concerned, but I kind of knew that people, w- you know what I mean, that p- there would be people there. But it's just a weird doubt that you have because you put so much work into it. Well, you spent several years cultivating fans here in New York with your summer, you know, your visits every year. How many years have you painted for the Bushwick Collective mm. now? And Wellingcourt. And Wellingcourt, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think about five years. Yeah, that's yeah. you know pretty much going back to the almost the beginning mm. of Bushwick Collective. Yeah. And hello, while we mention them all, hello to everyone that curates and helps and assists. We, uh, you know, we're fans of it as well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're no we appreciate blank walls. it. No, no blank walls. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's keep, let's keep the curators coming. Let's keep the, the festivals coming. Uh, are you going to be on the roster for any of those this year? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think I'm going to do the block party in Bushwick and. I don't know. I might reach out to Wellingcourt. Now, which is the one uh, bite that w- is potentially in limbo this year? Is that Dodworth? Yeah, that's Dodworth until we find out what's happening as far as Rocco and what's going on. Dodworth is in limbo. Got it. So we, we're looking forward to the spring and the summer and the events that are coming up. Now, uh, uh, assuming everything uh, sold or has about to sell out from your show, what's next? What are we looking for in terms of, uh, you know, the next exhibition? What would you change? Yada, yada. Uh, Well, I don't think I want to have an exhibition for a while. (laughs) Um, Just because it takes so much out of you. And uh, you can't really do anything else when you're leading up to it. Um, I have a studio space in Dublin, and uh, it's in a... It's in an old school, um, 
it's a great space, it's a big exhibition space, and uh, they asked me to have an exhibition there, um, but I said I'd do a group show or something instead, just because I didn't want to... Smaller, right. Yeah, I didn't want to like give myself, give three months to something that I just couldn't do anything else, so... Okay, so just for some of the young artists out there who are listening, you said you worked about 10 weeks on the show? Yeah. Okay, and, yeah. How, many, and how many weeks is it up now? It's up two weeks now, and when, I when is it coming down? Uh, Mid-May. Okay, yeah. so we've we're still got another, uh, another two weeks on that. So and they're open every week. I believe it's like 11 to 5, 11 to 6, something like that. Um, and Fridays, Saturdays and Sunday, rather, by appointment. Totally worth seeing is be the, the show. Some great work. Also, I noticed you had sculptures. Yeah. Is that something new, something you've just started doing? Yeah, or something I just started doing, yeah. So how was it? Tell us about the process and how that differs from what you'd been doing before. Uh, yeah, so um, it, my apartment is just a one-bedroom apartment in Dublin, so I have like pretty much the walls filled. And uh, I like to collect or like buy stuff that I like and I just didn't have much wall space left and then I started to collect those sculptures and because um, I could put them somewhere <laughs> and then I said <laughs> I should I just got into them and thought I should make some myself so uh, I was researching how to do it for a long time and managed to make my first mold yeah. yeah the boxing glove heart cool. yeah they're very cool now, something on the other side of, uh, you know, it's kind of an east-west thing. Where do, where do the cowboys come from? Where, where's that inspiration? Um, well, I do a lot of work as well. <coughs> of um, It's kind of the change of uh, childhood to adulthood. And that time when you start to rebel and not obey the rules. Oh, you're not a cowboy. You're an outlaw. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Got it. Even yeah, cooler. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's a it's, well, it's kind of the same with the little boxers as well. It's like they're changing from youth to adulthood. Mm. So that was a weird time uh, for me because I started working so early. I got my job. I got my first real job like right out of high school. Mm -hmm. And so like when I got my first check, it was lunch could have been fifty bucks. It would have been no big deal. Mm -hmm. It was like I didn't I didn't really understand what it was to be out and earning so early. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people uh you know go through those those periods of time differently and you know seeing that you, you channeled it into your art in, in meaningful ways is something that I obviously never could have done. But Big Ronnie's uh, rebelling in his 40s. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I, I think I've been rebelling constantly in, in, in all sorts of fun, civil, civilly disobedient ways. So is that ways. what the beard is about? No, the beard was I didn't know how long it could go. So let's see what I can get. <laughs> you know, How can I say I grew a beard if I didn't let it go? Of course, every male here is bearded, so we should really talk about the beards. Let's do it. Near and dear to my heart, uh, I will be up in Binghamton. On April 28th, hosting the Binghamton Beard Competition, Beards and Brews at Galaxy Brewing Company. I can't wait. Erica is my lovely is going to be a judge. I it, am going to be judging. It's going to be a shit show. Have you ever competed with your lovely mustache in a competition? Well, well let's no. tell the audience that Solas has a, a handlebar mustache. He's been wearing for quite a few years, right? Yep. You've had it for a while. It's pretty... <laughs> And it wouldn't Signature. be fair. Yeah, he has a he has no. an impressive mustache. <laughs> so you've never competed with it? No. What I do you think about that? <laughs> well, uh, about competing. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> have you ever been? Have you ever been to or, or seen the crazy beards and the, the people that go nuts and stylize them and stuff like that? No, uh, I think I've seen it online. Like, uh, yeah, never in person. It's like a Sasquatch. It's You've never seen one. No, it's it's more of an American thing. I oh, totally, and they're out there. No, it yeah. started in. I think the the world. Uh, finals are in Germany, aren't they? Well, and I've seen some really crazy mustaches out of India. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's some crazy mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody grows hair. Well, I'm Italian. I grow hair. It's what I do. So uh, <laughs> why chop it off? Well, and Irish grow hair, too. And they get the beautiful salt and pepper. Um, yeah, I used to have a beard, but I found it, uh, I, I, I found it uncomfortable. But you have to go through that stage of itchiness. Mm-hmm. And I went through that. And then I just felt scruffy, so. The first six, eight weeks of growing a beard is rough. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> when I complained about it, somebody said to me, he said, uh, if your nuts itched, would you cut those off? <laughs> okay. That's, that's okay one way to look then. at it. Yep. <laughs> Bye, girl. When was the first time you saw a soulless piece on the street? You know, the funny thing is I was that trying to think about this earlier, and it had to have been one of the pieces from the collective way back. Um, because you've been doing them for them forever. I remember probably seeing the Street Art Saved My Life. Um, uh, one of the pieces with the, the flying wings up on top of a mm. uh, chimney over there that has your name, I believe. Um, I remember that one from a long time ago. That was probably one of the first couple ones you did for the collective, probably was it not? Yeah. yeah. Street Art Saved My Life might have been the first year. The yeah. first one I saw was Welling Court was the, the boxing glove hearts. Which they right, made right. A resin sculpture out of. I thought that was just the simplicity of it, which you know, the bold image and the simplicity of it was what to me is street art. Yeah, you don't have to stop and take it in and digest what the artist is telling mm-hmm. you. It's easy, and you don't need a paragraph explaining it. It's literal. It's just perfect. Just if you're driving by in a car really fast, you can still get it. Right. Which is tough to do. <laughs> and not not yeah. not all messages can be that literal. Mm. And frankly. it still sticks with you. Like you think, ah, those little those two boxing gloves. It's like uh, the thin line between love and hate. Mm. <laughs> so where in New York have would you want to paint that you haven't yet? Do you have your eye mm-hmm. on anything? Um, have you done anything in the Bronx yet? Uh, no, um, I'm supposed to be doing a small piece on the side of the Wallworks Gallery. Oh, that so would be excellent. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to do a piece in the Bronx, and I'd love to do a piece in a big piece in Manhattan. Well, you just did one before the opening, correct? Lisa Project, you did a spread oh, love. Oh yeah, yeah. The big I'd slice love to of do bread. A, a really big one, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, a big massive. slice of bread. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, you're eyeing up one of those several-story tall lift lift pieces that take uh, you a few l- days. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do in that? What would I do on it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe like a really tall boxer kid or something. Mm, I love that piece. Now, so did much. you not have a tall or a, a pretty good sized piece a while ago in Williamsburg, or not? Yeah, I've had a few. Yeah, yeah. I think that may have been one of the first ones I saw too, because I did not know who you were then, and, mm. and then when I saw the work at Bushwick Collectives, when I put it together, mm. figured it out. Bite, have you ever been to Ireland? Uh, yes, I have. I have not. It's and beautiful. Why it's is green. curry so popular in Ireland? Curry. Yes. Well, Chinese it's curry. not the same kind of curry. It's the curry. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not the same. 
Um, you can actually, if you go to some of the Belgian fries shops here in New York, you get what they call a Irish curry, and it's more like a spicy gravy mm. that I've seen. But, you know, it's probably not even a thing in Ireland. It's probably one of these American mm -hmm. things that's Irish. Like Chinese food is not yeah, American yeah. Chinese is not Chinese. I I will say that some of the best food I've ever had in my life was in Ireland because we had salmon, wild-caught salmon, mm. and a couple of the places we stayed, the women made some scones that I would still drool over now. Oh, yeah. With the Irish butter as oh, well. Oh, yeah, the clotted cream. Oh. <laughs> what neighborhood in Brooklyn reminds you of Dublin the most? Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they remind me of Dublin. Um, Dublin is. Uh, I live right in the city center of Dublin. It's a really small city. There's like a million people, mm -hmm. and that's including the suburbs. So, are um, you in Temple Bar in that area? Um, about a ten-minute walk. Okay. I don't know if you know uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yes. So my, I live just right there, and my uh, studio is just right there oh as well. Oh, beautiful. So I can walk, like to the Liffey and Temple Bar, like in a few minutes. Um, it's quite, a, like, Dublin is quite unique in, it's, it's a really beautiful city. It really um, is, it is, it's beautiful. It's about a 30, 30 to 40 minute drive from the mountains, so you get out of the city and you're, like, in these beautiful mountains. Wicklow? Yeah. Yeah. The heather um, and the heath. It's close to the sea, but the weather's cold, <laughs> which is kind of the only downside. But it's never really stagnant. It's never really sticky, horribly hot either, which is an upside. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty temperate. Yeah. yeah. So you usually get like one day a year to go to the beach <laughs> and everybody goes. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the things that we ask all of our guests are, uh, you know, for the, for the betterment of life and the community and art and things like that. Like, how would you help out a young guy today or a young artist working today? You know, what would you, what would you preach to the, the people that are going through their angsty adolescence and, and looking to channel it the right way in art? Um, I guess I would just uh, tell them about my, uh, how, what I did. Um, yeah, it's such a, like going through that is so weird, going through that stage of your life. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, just got to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice for young artists as far as maybe something that you did that you wish you could have changed or something you wish you had done earlier in your career that you since figured out would have been a good idea? Um, I think, like, the most important thing is to be nice to people and to work hard and usually you'll do okay. That's pretty much, that works for everything, not just art. I mean, if you actually put yourself into it and treat people with respect, you mm. can, yeah. That and a little bit of luck and a lot of talent. Oh, a whole lot of luck, but how not about, a little How about bit. something specific? Maybe pricing related or uh, valuing your work or uh, who, to s who and how to sell, you know, just maybe something constructive for the, the younger artists working today mm. that uh, we can help point them in the right direction. What do you think? Um, I I found that you can't take rejection too uh, personally, and it, like, because I used to email people and ask them, uh, "You want to sell my work or whatever?" And you know, just to not if you don't hear anything back, just to keep keep uh, not let it affect you. Keep trying. 
and um, yeah, um, make prints, make stuff affordable for everybody if they can't buy your original work. Give them options, have lower uh, different price points, and just to uh, gradually raise your prices. I think those are all rock solid tips, and thank you very much. Um, now, one thing about who to sell to and, and you know uh, persistence uh, it's business sales mm. end of story and I think you have to follow up until someone says hey you're bothering me stop following up with me because that follow up that I've sent where I thought this person I haven't spoken to them in a year but I'm going to ping them anyway you get a deal out of it mm. you, get, you get a referral out of it there's always something mm. so I think, I think persistence in art uh, I think you, I think your average artist persistence is in their process and their work. It isn't necessarily on how to get it out there. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the. I think uh, a lot of artists find it hard the business side of things. Um, well, it's a different part of the brain. Yeah. So it's good to have people to advise you on stuff like that as well. Um, someone who's good business minded. Now, do you do you have a team like that? Because I see that you've had some uh, pretty sizable corporate collaborations. Uh, you know the things. Uh, do you seek those out? Do they seek you out? Do you like? Do um, they seek me out. Uh, so I get emails uh, a lot and uh, looking for uh, collaborations and stuff like that. So I've been quite lucky. And I couldn't tell anybody how to do it. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> like, it wasn't something that I planned. It happened organically. Um, it happened organically. And uh, it's just from putting work out. And um, people have noticed it and got in touch. I haven't seen any collaborations in the United States. Do you do collaborations with artists? Uh, the I've done the just the crash. Uh, oh Joey right. Ramone, yeah. So, speaking on that topic, who would your dream collaboration be with? And we always ask... Dead and alive. Um, I don't know. I never really think about uh, collaborating because I feel like it has to really. Uh, I don't like to do it just for fun. It has to really work. Like it has to have. You have to do it for because it will improve. Um, I think the. I don't know. I never really think about it. I believe you. I do. Yeah. Just just seeing your work and where it comes from, I don't I don't see you striving out to s for other people to complete your 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 message. Mm. So maybe not your favorite artists that you'd want to collaborate, but what are some artists that you look up to or that you look like you're inspired by their work today? Like yeah, um, <coughs> I really like. Uh, I've been really uh, liking really clean work lately. So like um, Deface. And stuff like right. that, how he does everything really clean and mm -hmm. graphic. Um, Who's coming to town for Moniker Art mm -hmm. Fair? Mm. Just throw that in there, Moniker. Yeah, so that's, I've been, and then some uh, abstract artists as well who do like really clean lines. I'm just <coughs> really liking clean work at the moment. And, and good use of color. My biggest question outside of art is who's your favorite boxer? Uh, probably Mike Tyson. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's the most exciting, yeah. The ear biter. Yeah, he was so scary, though. 
Until he fell off. Yeah. Until he yeah. fell off, he was arguably arguably the most dominant Until athlete of all time. Until he married Robin mm. Givens. Until he fell off. And then a- after him, I think that. it was Tiger Woods, the most dominant of all time. Mm. But t- you can't argue with Tyson ever. Yeah, he was vicious. Yeah. Oh, local boy. Mm. Bronx boy. So, <clears throat> why? Sorry, Brownsville. Oh, what's that? Brownsville. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson's Brownsville. Yeah, yeah, I think he was in juvie up in the Bronx for a while. So, <clears throat> we're not a collab fan, and we understand why. It has to be the right collab. It's not just doing it for fun, and uh, that makes that makes sense. Now, what about something that's untapped, something you've been playing with, sketching, never really put it out there, haven't put it on a wall, haven't cut the stencil for... Uh, maybe something you're just looking for the right application of, but is there anything in a, in a slightly different direction that your fans haven't seen before? Maybe we could tease them a little bit. Um, I'm just looking to uh, use uh, more colors in my work and uh <coughs> keeping along the same uh, team, the kind of punching above your weight team. And um, yeah, that's using different colors to clean, clean lines. You know, you didn't you didn't mention that before punching at it, punching above your weight. That's a mm. that's a it's clearly a boxing reference. And, you know, mm. fighting someone from a heavier weight class than you mm. doesn't mean they're a better boxer. Just so, just someone that's got a little more gravitas to them, literally a little more weight to them. I think that's a really good metaphor for art today, mm. because you because mm. no matter what you do, someone can walk in the door. Do something different. Uh, it's a metaphor for life. I well, mean, we're yeah. always trying to improve yeah. on whatever, you know, who but, we are. But and don't you always want to test yourself against someone a little stronger than you, mm. a mm. little heavier? It's been around a little bit more. I think that's human nature. Well, I think that he, it goes both ways because you also have the personalities that only want to go against someone that's a little weaker than they are. See, I, I always thought that I if I was... I think the people that succeed are the ones that look for the ones that are heavier setting that bar high right. for themselves. Right. Mm. If I'm the smartest or the coolest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Mm. It's just, I don't want to, you know, I want to learn from people. I don't want to just sit and feel like I'm teaching all day. And that's some room to be in. Or unless you're a mad scientist. Well. <laughs> so, where is your favorite restaurant in Brooklyn? What's your go-to spot? You need a good meal. Now that you're here and you're living here, what do you like to eat? Um, I need recommendations. So I've only been here a week. Awesome. <laughs> That's easy enough. What do you like? Um, burgers. <laughs> Chicken. Where, come on. We go to Chinese. Because <laughs> we, we... You live here. The I don't eat burgers. Be- Bean Post Pub right here has great burgers. Chadwick's has great burgers. Uh, we We're like... talking just this neighborhood? Burger, he's in this oh, neighborhood. Okay. Burger Bistro on 3rd Avenue. Okay. Uh, 72nd Street. Their lunch specials are unbelievable. Uh, always good burgers. You can get all sorts of stuff and in there. And the Brooklyn Beat Company. Brooklyn Beat Company. I would love to go for a burger there with you. It will blow your mind. They deep fry it in donut dough. Wow. Whoa. And it's gourmet style. It's yummy, yummy, yummy. You would love it, too. Uh, yeah, I'm muck drooling. <laughs> so we have we have burgers in Bay Ridge. What else? Uh, steak. I like steak. There are, we have a, a legit steakhouse called Ember's. Embers. Embers, really good. Been going there 20 years. Wow. And there are uh, several other nice restaurants like Chadwick's. 
that does a, a oh, spectacular but steak. You said had good burgers too, so you got yeah, multi choice. There you go. See, my mom's a big steak fan, and I was born on her birthday. So for our birthday last year, we went to Chadwick's and we got the the bone in uh, uh, porterhouse for two. That's a good time. Nice. I think it's seventy five bucks with two sides. It's mm. it's absolutely reasonable. Bay Ridge has got good food, brother. Bonnie's hungry. Yes. <laughs> Is it time to eat? Oh, no, we it's always home. time to eat. We're snacking. I'm trying not to crunch into the microphone, at least. I'm not being rude. <coughs> What's your favorite food back home you miss? If you could move it down the block, you'd do it. Um, well, <coughs> there's this restaurant that's really close to me that's like a, it's just like home cooking, and it's really reasonable. And um, they have like – I just go there on my own like uh, almost every day. <laughs> what well, is it? Where is it? Uh, it's just like – Really, it's nothing fancy. They do like a they do a steak and uh, egg breakfast, mm-hmm. and uh, so they all know you by name. Yeah, they don't even ask what I want. <laughs> That's the best. I love when you have a local place. You go and you sit down, and they serve you, and everybody looks and yeah, yeah. Steak and eggs. I haven't had a steak and egg since uh, my last trip to Montreal, and uh-huh. the guy was and the guy I was with called it. He wanted a blue steak. You know what that is? No. Just raw. Like oh. barely, barely cooked. But it's so it's so it's so raw, raw rare in the middle it's I bet you're cold. at least mm. a medium man. Medium, yeah. Yeah. I bet I mean there's something about uh, the Irish being very stereotypical here. They like their food cooked. Mm. For for <laughs> Valentine's Day 2 years ago, Eric and I went to uh Frank's Prime Meats down in Burham Hill, a really good chop and steakhouse. And it was the first time ever I got a medium burger because he talked me into it. The waiter sold me. I got sold on a medium burger, and now I don't think I'll ever eat a burger more than that again. Mm. I was a well-done guy. You were a well-done guy. I was a well-done guy for years, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing until I started cooking meat myself. Are you a cook? Do you like to cook? Not so much. Mm. You're an order-out or uh, go-out type of guy? Uh, I cook a little bit cook like lunch and uh, breakfast stuff like that and but I prefer to go out for dinner or someone I want to touch back on the tattoos I, have you ever tattooed yourself because it's something that I know we've been talking to different artists that they've picked that up as a, a trade have you have, no have you, uh, I've never know not too uh, shabby with the stabby no <laughs> I think it's better to leave it to the experts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I bet. Well, it's a, it's a, but, well, but it's a way to make money. <laughs> but I, I mean, bet with all the time that he spent in the tattoo shop and his buddy's shop sketching and fucking around and seeing those guys, I bet you he could sketch out a beast right now. Now, do, is anybody in the world wearing any of your art on their body? Mm, uh, I've seen people with tattoos, yeah. How, How does ma- that make you feel when you see someone that sends you like a tattoo picture or something? Um Sometimes they've been done really badly, so... Oh. Did it say soulless, like, on the boxing gloves or anything, or it was just the the imagery that they Uh, used? I think a bit of both. But, Mm. yeah, a few of them I've seen were done really poorly, so... (laughs) We had had Chris RWK in Mm. uh, a couple of months back, and he... we, We tried to get him to estimate... Because his, his stuff is his, his it's very mass appeal. It's it's uh, uh, men like it, women like it. It's it's, yeah. it's commercially you know viable for tattoos and things like that. Well, and and his character is universally known. And he said he said it's probably about a hundred people mm. that have gotten his work. And I, I you know I, I that he knows of that, he, that yeah. he's seen. Yeah. And I think one person 
tattooing your work onto their body for permanence and for life has got to be the ultimate mm. respect. Do you do you take it that way, or do you look at it as, oh, I wish they would ask me first? No, I don't wish they would have asked me, but I wish they would have. You know what I mean? Gotten That's a better tattoo artist. Yeah, like <laughs> I think the somebody did it was on the starting. So so where is uh, your boy that's the tattoo artist? Where is he located? In Temple Bar in Dublin. You want to give him a shout-out? Uh, it's uh, Classic Ink, uh, Tommy, in uh, Dublin, too. So if I you're going to get a soulless tattoo, go see Tommy in Dublin. Absolutely. Has he, any, has he ever tattooed any of your art? I don't think so. I'm not, sh- don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. If I could touch on this subject just stamping uh, another artist's work on yourself by another tattoo artist is really anti-tattoo tradition. Would you agree? Sorry, say that again? That if you were to go into a tattoo shop, mm. you want that artist to come up with that that flash or that piece and you collaborate with that tattoo artist as opposed to walking into a shop and saying, put this on me. Mm. So uh, that's my two cents on the... Well, yeah. Putting an artist's work on your body, you should have the tattoo artist. Well, yeah. I think it might be different if you had tattooed the person a lot and you had a different relationship Mm -hmm. with them. Mm. Now, would you ever get your own work tattooed on you? No, Mm. I I don't. I think like tattoos are drawn a a different way. Like they're drawn a certain way Mm -hmm. with tick lines. The ones that will last a lot longer. So you see people with like photo re- realistic stuff on them, but it looks good like at the time. But mm-hmm. like in six months' time, it's gone because the guys who did them originally uh, designed them in a certain way and used certain colors so that they last. And I think that people there are just like drawing stuff and getting a tattooed. It's it could be done a lot better by somebody who knows. See more now, some someone that I think did it the right way recently was Abe Lincoln Jr. To celebrate his 15th year of working around, he did some collabs uh, with other people where they filled in his outline. It was like a little chickadee bird type thing. Mm. And then he got that tattooed. So it was like a collab actually with another artist on his own work, which I thought was a cool way to do it. Uh, I I think that you're different, though. I think that's not your 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 style at all uh, to to to, you know, to force that in. I think the you, you know, the American traditional stuff is dope and it is what it is. It stands on its own. Mm. A lot of Erica's work is, is is all your stuff American traditional or mostly the hearts. The anatomical heart wouldn't necessarily fit, would it? That Sailor Jerry OG stuff. Yeah, I mean it's really the, the you know the traditional tattoo artists. I think they know how to take your idea and make it last. Yeah, and, and that's what I think he's he's pointing to yeah. is taking that idea and, and putting it in that traditional, you know, that heavy line but bold black you know, that's designed to last. D- right, exactly. Yeah. It's not going to change in 20 years. Like my grandfather's Navy stuff from the f- 40s and mm-hmm. 50s yeah. that it will change but not as much as a one that you just designed and asked the artist to do that will change a lot more. Right. Do you feel a way when your work gets buffed? When Part of mural projects is the next Not year. Not when and your old Obey stuff is gone. goes over it. Um, <laughs> well, I you can feel that way, but you're just not going to say it out loud. Uh, I kind of like to have a certain amount up at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if something gets buffed, it's not like I'm really attached to it, but I'd like to try to get another one up somewhere else or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep um, the visibility consistent. Yeah, but I, I don't feel really attached. Like I don't get like 
upset if it goes gets gone over because it's just the nature of it mm-hmm. and it happens all the time so if you were to get upset you'd be constantly upset sure. oh yeah i say yeah. that divas like that won't last long on the streets the street would eat you alive if you didn't have a problem with people touching your work mm. what about unintentional collabs has anybody ever come along and added something to your work that you didn't hate uh i can't think yeah i i I um once I do the piece I kind of move on and focus on the next one or whatever so I'm not really attached to it. Now I saw with your <coughs> with the 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 little boxing guy I I saw y- you know y- you put it in different places like on a doorway or a bigger mural yeah. like h- how how big would you you said you were looking for a big wall do you think that would be appropriate on a on a ten story wall would it read the right way? Uh, might not, um, just because the. The speed bag or the medicine, the speed bag would be huge. Way high know. and above, yeah. and you'd have a lot of a yeah. lot of white space, yeah, or yeah. empty space. Hmm. I like to just do like a really tall kid, you know. Oh, with the black eye and the halo, or something Not like that. that. Exact one, yeah. but something. Yeah. Cool. Stella Bella, any uh, any questions for the man before we wrap it up? I wanted to know who his favorite boxer was. I. Uh, That's was it. That was your one question was for the my day. Nagging question. Who's your favorite boxer? I'm looking at him right now. And she's referring to a picture that we have in our house done by CDRE of Muhammad Ali. It's also my favorite photograph of him, but also my favorite boxer. How about you, Bite? Favorite boxer? Well, back in the day when I actually watched it, it would have been Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Mm. But then, you know, the fight in Japan or whatever, the Japanese boxer or whatever kind of turned me off of boxing. Mm. Um, uh, I like the flashy guys, so I'm I'm going with uh, Prince Nassim Hamed or Paulie Malinaji. Just the little guys that like to dance and, <laughs> and yell at you after they hit you. So Prince Nassim was entertaining. Wasn't he, he? Was he the best? <laughs> I mean, I, if you could clone that motherfucker, <laughs> I would follow him around the earth. E- everything he did, from the entrances to just, he, he lost fights and you were rooting for him. He was the best. All right, brother. Thank you so much for coming in today. I hope uh, we didn't put you on the spot too much, and uh, you know, g- gave you gave your fans some information. Uh, thank you, and uh, you know, we appreciate your oh. time. And where can people find you on the web and everywhere else if they need to find you? Along, remember, Wallworks shows up for a month. Yeah. Uh, well, three more weeks at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Solus S O L U S dot art. And uh, Solus Art on Facebook. Thank you very much. We are done for the day. Thank you to Solus. We'll see you next time and sold out.